the ground now I'm way too gone, way too gone Cause these people got me fucked up Yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong Now my mind's stronger than me Don't you wait too long, way too long Alright, alright, alright legends Welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me It's me, Billy Darcy What an absolute toot uh, Feel the hype, spread the hype, etc, etc, etc Catch me caring Etc. Rattle off whatever uh, other terms I've coined on this podcast. Because so I've termed a few, baby. I've termed a few coins. No, I've coined... No. Okay. I've coined a few terms. You know what? Worst start ever. Unedited, we move on. Okay? We move on. A coward would start the pot again. I'm only 47 seconds in. Be very easy to do. I could start be a lot more slick, you know, but... That's not really the point of the pod, okay? So, get around it, get around me. Uh, nothing to plug, what a treat. Um, get around the YouTube and a few, few more stand-up clips on YouTube. So you can get around those. Uh, but also, I'm wearing my ABBA shirt for this episode. And uh, I've just knocked the sign. Fuck. Fuck. Dude, this one... Alright, here we go. This is the vibe. But I'm wearing my ABBA shirt, and uh, by mine, I mean my roommates. So thank you to Maka for providing me with this attire. I've not seen Mamma Mia. I'm not f- really too familiar with ABBA's music, but... Uh, I mean, it was either this or my Mallrat shirt again. So thank you, Maka. I do appreciate it. Now, uh, let's let's crack into it. Let's crack into it. What, what could only be described as a bumpy ride to start... Still a start, baby. Okay, it's still a start. Uh, so, what the hell have I been up to? Last week, after I recorded the pod, so since I last recorded the last pod, I went and did Neil Kohaka is doing this new kind of, I guess you call it like a gentleman's variety show type thing where it's mostly stand-up and it's stand-up and improv kind of mixed in. It's like an hour show. It's really fun, really cool show. He does some some stuff at the start just by himself. Then there's some stand-ups and some improv games um, and some more stand-up and some more improv. And it's a pretty cool little show. Pretty cool little show. They film it on three different cameras and I think they're going to be uh, posting clips of that and, and this sort of thing. I was quite keen because, you know, it's always good to get clips up on the, on the you know, sort of the social media, the YouTube, etc., but unfortunately, uh, you know, this is a good opportunity to get something filmed nicely. Billy D didn't exactly get him, unfortunately. The, this happens sometimes. Was it my fault? Yeah, it was my fault. I was just, I was, I was thinking I want my, I've got this bit about Bondi Rescue, the show, and I go, I want this filmed because I don't really do it anymore. I don't even know if Bondi Rescue is even on TV anymore. I don't know. doesn't matter. Um... But I go, I, ne- I want this bit filmed so I can then, I could put it on like Facebook and then, because I'm not going to do it anymore anyway, so I may as well just, um, it's a good bit, I like it. So, I go, how good is this? Now, I rocked in and I don't think it was a Bondi Rescue joke type crowd. Uh, meaning that I quickly, upon entry, had sort of racially stereotyped the whole crowd and I don't think there are enough white people for this thing to float, okay? For most... It's not a racist joke, but I feel like, you know, minorities are more sort of the other end of the Bondi rescue type situation rather than sort of jumping in saving people. So I thought, any other situation, I thought, it's pretty much exclusively Indian and Asians in this crowd. 
And I'm thinking, and they're very friendly. Like, Neil did great up top. I was going pretty good before I did these Bondi Rescue jokes. And uh, did they do well? No. They didn't do well. They didn't do well at all. Um, and then I would say I panicked for about a gentleman seven seconds. And then my other joke that I wanted to get filmed was this Australia's Next Top Model joke. Now, as you can tell, these are jokes I wrote three years ago when I still watched reality TV, you know? There's a reason I don't have a freaking Love Island joke or a Bachelor joke. because I don't watch those programs anymore. I'm out there doing it, okay? But in 2015, you know, I had this ammo. I had some serious hours racked up on the TV that I had to talk about, okay? So... So, Bondi Rescue joke bombs. I go, that's okay. Let me segue into my Australia's Next Top Model joke that I have done once in the last year. This is a, this is a banger. Did it go well? No. No, it didn't go well. But it went better than the Bondi Rescue joke. And that's not, that's not saying anything. Because as we recall, the Bondi Rescue joke was poorly received. So then I go, that's okay. That's okay. I didn't want to do old jokes, so I thought, this is a good opportunity while there's cameras there, you getting could possibly get something filmed, you know? So, because it's actually quite hard to film stand-up, because you've got to film it, get the lighting right, then you've got to get the audio right out of the mic, and you've got to mic the crowd. You don't just put your phone up and fucking off you go. So, I go, alright, well, this is about maybe halfway through my 10 minutes, and I would describe the first half of my set as, if I was an editor, I'd... I describe it as unusable, okay? Like, it was, uh, I didn't do well enough on stage for it to be broadcast to the outside world. So I go, that's okay, we've been in this situation before, and I go, I'm not doing old stuff because I want some, I want to get something out of this footage-wise. So I go, here we go, bang, chuck it in, chuck it in a separate gear, activate crowd work, we're on, we're back, baby, we're back, I've got him. I'm killing, it's going well. And then there were these two girls who worked in the Navy who Neil spoke to earlier. And I tried to, I ripped on them maybe a little bit too much, I think, about the whole Navy thing. Like, in what I thought, what I would have described as quite a playful manner. But uh, this girl looked like she was ready to fucking sort of call her admiral and uh, get a drone strike headed for the stage. You know, she looked, she looked angry. And that's because she was angry. She didn't take it well. Uh, and that really killed my moment at the back end. So I, I was bombing, then I was going well, then I, I ended up finishing okay, but I lost the Navy chicks and the energy in the room was like, she's going to fuck you up. Um, and they weren't very friendly. And when I asked them, do you want, they work in the Navy, but when I asked them about the Navy, they didn't like that. And it's like, well, what else are you bringing to the table then? Do you do ceramics? Do you do, um, are you a skydiving instructor on the weekends? I don't know what you get up to, but all we know about you is you're in the Navy. So I said, what part of the Navy are you? And uh, she wouldn't answer that. I thought, fuck, we got SEAL Team 6 here in the front row, you know? So I kind of fucking blew that a little bit, a little bit, which you hate to see. And that, uh, that happens sometimes. But, you know, bumpy ride, still a fucking, you know, still a bit of fun, I thought. Still a bit of fun, and uh, that was a it was a good time. Then did a couple. I did a, another couple of sets that night at this uh, other pub, having fun, good times. Went. I uh, did another gig Thursday. Nothing much to talk about, but I went to the doctors on Friday morning. I copped possibly the bluntest 
medical professional the world has ever seen. I spent there because I've been feeling a bit sick, but it was because it was a new, um, a new. I'd never been to this medical center before, so you had to fill in the full questionnaire. And I gave what I thought were pretty routine answers, and this guy is basically, um, he's he's basically looked at me like, uh, you have six months to live, you know, and I don't know, yeah, it's kind of like. Am I paying just... Well, I wasn't paying anything, actually. Actually, why am I complaining? Free healthcare, baby. Fuck yeah. Yep, okay. I'd like to bail out of that. Dude, free healthcare. How good? I did not pay a cent. Game on. Go, Australia. Go, Australia. Thank you, Bob Hawke. Rest in peace. So, yeah, free healthcare. That's actually... I thought I was going to bitch about that doctor, but what a fucking turnaround that was. That's a happy story. So, yeah, indulge in some free healthcare Friday morning. Oh, what a treat. What an absolute treat. Uh, so then Friday afternoon, I, I was very productive Friday, very productive on the uh, ones and twos on the laptop, writing some stuff, etc. Got a lot of work done. And uh, Friday, all the lads came around, huge development in my house. So we have a huge, like, uh, in our backyard, we have a huge, like, uh, like, it's an outdoor area with, like, a roof over it. I don't know what you would call that. A lunch space? It's like a table and chairs, and there's a roof over it. Anyway, we got a ladder, and we got on the fucking roof. And it was revolutionary, okay? Now, I want to talk about the roof real quick, because ever since I've been on the roof, it seems crazy to me that I ever had any fun on the ground. Alright? Basically, any activity you want to do is going to be... 10 times more fun on the roof than it would ever be on the ground, okay? You're hanging out with a mate, get on the roof. You're having a beer, straight on the roof. Portable speaker, chuck it on the roof. Okay, so this roof has basically revolutionized our fucking lives. And I love it so much. I love it so much. Sun setting, daylight savings is on, all the lads are around. And you know, like, yeah, you throw on band. We got some guys on the ground, we got some guys on the staircase, that's sort of mid tier sort of level stuff. We got some guys on the roof. Oh, the roof, dude. The fucking roof. And it's just a position of authority. You know, like, uh, if, you, if you're on the ground and I'm on the roof, I look down on you, not just physically, but metaphorically, mentally. I just think, look at this land dweller. That's what I, that's what I think of you. I, I think, look at this land dweller. Feet on the ground? Nah, dude. That's not how I live my life. Not anymore. I've seen the light. And yeah, fuck yeah, dude. And, and you know what? Someone is going to fall off the roof. That's become clear. Almost immediately that became clear. But if it's, you know, whoever's time it is, they'll just have to hope they land on the grass because you could easily hit the concrete and that's not good. But we got on the roof, man. Oh, God, it was fun. God, it was fun. And we cooked up... Uh, oh, we lived like kings Friday night. We cooked up... Prawn linguine. And by we, I mean my roommates. I sat outside on the roof with a red wine. I let the voices in briefly. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful on the roof. You have a couple of reds, couple of beers, tunes going. Dude, you're one Ziggy Alberts track away from losing your fucking mind up there. I'll say that. So I let the voices in briefly. And then once I smelled the prawn linguine, I was like, oh, whew, I came back. I came back to life. And uh, so that was that was a great time. And uh, oh man, we had fun. Oh, we had a fun Friday night. Now Saturday, 
I still can't believe that I just take you guys through my whole weekend. But also, I'm out there living. You know, I'm on the roof. I mean, if all my stories were just land-bound, I would understand that. But I'm on the roof. So Saturday, a bit of a debacle, unfortunately, in that I'm not going to give myself Pelican of the Week for this, but it's just dumb for me, unfortunately. Quite dumb. I went and donated blood, okay? Now, something everyone should do, go down there, donate some blood. Saves um, three people every time you donate. That's true. The lady told me that. So uh, we go down there to donate some blood, and uh, I've, had, I've never done it before right? But I've had blood tests and I thought it was like basically the same thing, you know, just a little in and out. There you go. There's some blood. Enjoy your day. I didn't realize how like they take, I think 10% of your blood and it actually, my mate, my mate Macca did it. He was fine. I was rocked. Okay. And they really make you jump through some hoops before you go in there. You got to drink like a small estuary of water before they allow you to do it. And then you got to fill out an extremely, uh, thorough questionnaire to to donate the blood and basically i mean they say they need more people to donate blood but by this questionnaire it seems like they don't because basically if you've had any fun anywhere across the board in the last five years you pretty much you can't donate you can't donate any blood so yeah that's more or less it and um but you know i, I was able to donate last time i went the reason i haven't been to donate before is because I went last year, but I had just been to Vietnam the year before and it like cancelled me out. I had to wait 18 months because I don't, you know, they think you've been frolicking in the, uh, in the jungle in the Vietnam sort of region. They don't trust that. But, um, yeah, I can't, I can't believe Maka was allowed to donate blood actually. He had unprotected sex with a, with a young Sudanese man who, who just arrived in Australia after working sort of in the jungle at a, at an unofficial AIDS care center. So it was wild that Maka was able to slip through those hoops to donate blood. I don't, I don't know because to me, that's a red flag and he was upfront about it, but look, the nurses know what they're doing. But anyway, so you donate blood. Um, I'm not the best with needles. I'm not the biggest fan, but it's completely fine. If you're scared of needles and you're thinking about, and you think, oh, I would donate blood if I wasn't scared of needles. It's literally, I'm a bit scared of needles, but I'm not heaps scared of them, but I'm a, I was nervous and you don't even like feel it go in. You're, they're like, all right, you're doing it. And you're like, oh, okay. It's just, it's totally anticlimactic. There's no reason to be nervous at all. But I'll tell you what, bring your own entertainment. I will say that. Unless you want to watch Kerry Ann Kennelly on repeat with subtitles on for 20 minutes, then I'd bring your own entertainment. Maybe take your phone, put a podcast in, hey? Maybe put up an episode of Get Around Me, episode 55. And, uh, so, so yeah, donating blood wasn't the dumb thing I did. The dumb thing I did was not realizing the repercussions of donating blood. So I get up off this table and I'm basically rocked. Like I, like I was just so dizzy and lightheaded. I was like, oh, I totally see how people faint from this. And you have a milkshake and a, uh, and a freaking muffin, this sort of stuff. They've got some, uh, some electrolyte uh, powder up there, but it's only for staff use. I'm like, well, fuck now. Like the only, cause you got to rehydrate. You're severely dehydrated after, um, don't any blood. So I go, oh, I'll get into these staminate things, you know, the electrolytes. It's only for staff use. I thought beautiful. The only thing that can 
help me is is off limits. You know, I can't remember the last time I saw a bloke complete the Tour de France and hoe into a chocolate milkshake. But anyway, I'm not. You know, beggars can't be choosers. So I'm basically uh, very, very faint, very faint. And uh, we actually, they said don't engage in too much cardio. We basically sprinted to the cinema because we were seeing the Joker after. And uh, this whole donating blood thing went a little longer than we thought. Which is fine, but we saw the Joker. Seems like everyone's talking about it. Pretty fucking full on, the old Joker. I will say that. I will say that. Um, I don't think it made me want to like go on a rampage of killing people. But I don't have that in me naturally. I'll tell you what, if I was thinking about going on a killing rampage, I mean, that's that's that film would fire you up a little bit, no doubt, no doubt. I don't think it's completely blameless, you know? This guy's this guy's killing people and he's fucking loving it, you know? And it's kind of putting a pep in his step, if anything. I don't want to give it away. But I will say that I, I it, it kind of just shone a light on mental illness rather than, like, glorifying it. Because you kind of, like... You just felt sorry for him, you know? Because he was so mentally ill, you're just like... I mean, he's not even really a bad guy. He's just out to lunch 24-7, you know? So... I don't know. Also, I'm not... It took, like, half an hour before I realised Batman wasn't in the fucking movie. The whole time, I'm just like, where's Batman. So, yeah, I won't give anything away. I mean, there's nothing really to give away. There's not much. It's just he loses his mind gradually for, like, two hours. And by the end, he's fucking, yeah, get him a ham sandwich, dude, because he's out to lunch, you know? Like, he's fucking, don't make eye contact with this guy, because he'll fuck you up. But, yeah, he's just, I don't know. By the end of it, I was like, fuck, give me a good two years before I watch that again. It was pretty intense. It was pretty fucking intense, to be honest. But it was good. It was pretty good. It was pretty good indeed. That guy, Joaquin Phoenix, he nailed it. He nailed it. I know everyone's saying he nailed it. But I was speaking to a girl I know, and she said, oh, yeah, Jacqueline Phoenix. And I said, what the fuck did you just say? I said, excuse me, it's pronounced Joaquin. Okay. And I've never jumped on my high horse quicker in my life. And it felt fucking phenomenal up there. Felt like I was back home on the roof. That's how good it felt. So, so yeah. Really, uh, really great film. But then, yeah, so this is the dumb part of the afternoon. Is that I'd organised a big prize at my place. So I get back to my place. There's like fucking eight blokes there or whatever. And I am, I'm basically the joker. Because I myself, I'm out to lunch. I'm going in there. I'm basically about to faint. And I shouldn't have gone out, but I did. And it was just, I offered absolutely donuts out there. I just felt like hollow. And uh, felt just so dizzy. Um, I remember we went to the first bar and one guy accidentally bumped into me. I said, oh, and he said, sorry about that, mate. I said, oh, and that just, that whole experience rattled me for about 35 minutes, I would say. Man, I just had fucking nothing to give. I was hollow. So if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna donate blood, clear your afternoon. I would say, like I was fine, like I wasn't like ill or anything, but I just felt lightheaded, and I should have. Um, I mean, I should have just bloody put on another Batman film at home and just lied back and enjoyed it, you know. So that was a bit of a shame, really, but uh, but my fault, 100% my fault.
And yeah, bam, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. But then Sunday, bam, I wake up feeling fucking phenomenal again. I'm back. I am back. You know, the glucose has metabolized. My blood, my blood's back. You know, the nurse said to me, she said, this is a medical term. I'm not sure exactly what this means, but she said my blood was elite. She said my blood was elite and in the upper echelon. So take that as you will. But, uh, I don't know. That's what she said. That's what she said. I didn't say that. A medical professional said that. Okay. So let's just, that's not arrogance. That's just me relaying information. And that's all that is. Okay. And it's my blood. It's my podcast. You can back off. It's the last time I'll say it. Oh yeah. So what else did I want to talk about? Man, Sunday, Jesus Christ, the weather was good. The weather is literally, I, I was out there Sunday, having a couple of beers, doing a barbecue in the afternoon, praying for rain, just praying for rain, going, come on, rain. You know, because the weather gets so good sometimes, it's a crime not to go out. It's a dead set crime. So the weather just got better and better. We ended up going out. Um, not a huge one. Well, you know, it was on the eight o'clock bus home, but uh, which was really, really good. Glad I did that. But so we go out and we're hanging out actually with uh, some avid listeners of the pod, Annabelle and her friends, and uh, they're absolutely great girls. We're hanging out with them, and uh, one of Annabelle's mates um, says that she's been on a bit of a purple patch with some blokes recently, and uh, we're talking about that. And she's, uh, you know, and I said that's that's so interesting, uh, and she goes, I go, that's so interesting because like when a guy is on a purple patch with girls, like people are all about it. But with a girl, like, it's a bit different. Like, there's kind of, like, that weird perception. You know, I'm kind of tiptoeing around it, like, trying to, like, just talk it out. Because then she said she was on a sex detox. And then I go, oh, that's so, that's so weird. Because, like, it'd be such a different perception if it was a guy. It's like, I feel like if it's a girl. And then, at that point, my mate Adam just steps in and goes, yeah, when it's a girl on a pearl patch, it's just like, ugh, yuck, you know? And I was like, Jesus Christ, Adam. Way to teleport us back to the 1970s in this chat, mate. We're about to have a a good old progressive chat, you know, breaking down boundaries, opening doors, making friends, having a great old time. And you've just jumped in and more or less, in no uncertain terms, called her a whore. And you know what? That's just what happened. That's just what happened. And me and my mate, uh, Wilson, who were there at the table, were literally crying with laughter about how fucking... Why would you say that? He completely put his, put his foot in it. And, uh, man, he was absolutely harangued by these women. Justifiably so. And, uh, fuck, it was funny. And then, um, but his big saver was, uh, oh, well, I think her name was Sarah. He goes, oh, well, Sarah, you know, didn't mean to say that. Let's get back to having a laugh, shall we? That was his big saver. Let's get back to having a laugh. And, uh, it was swiftly rejected. Okay. Swiftly rejected. And uh, justifiably so, but fuck, me and my mate Wilson were crying. We were like, you are so dumb. And that brings us to this week's Pelican of the Week. It's my mate Adam. Congratulations. Congratulations, mate. We're having just a bit of friendly banter at the table. Nothing too strenuous. And uh, you've snipered in. You've interrupted me swiftly just to call this bird a slut. And uh, and you know what? It was <laughs> It wasn't that bad. But it was, it was more funny than it was bad. But it's just like, oh, man, why would you say that? Why would you say it? He was like, he goes, yeah, when a girl's on a pearl patch, just like, ugh. 
like just disgust in his voice. But uh, uh, yeah, it was, I don't want to overpay the situation. We're all we were all laughing about it, you know. And these girls had the last laugh because um, we're all going to the next pub, and Annabelle and her mates go, "Yeah, sweet, we'll meet you there." And so I'm walking. We're we're walking to this pub. The girls are behind us, and then we go to turn a corner to literally like 20 meters from this pub. As we turn the corner, I look behind us, and like these girls have just disappeared into thin air. It was one of the greatest smoke bombs I've seen in the modern era. Honestly, just without a trace. It was literally, it was unbelievable. I, I honestly, I was just like, fucking hell, that was impressive. Like, I don't, I still don't know where they are. I still don't know where they went. I still don't know at what point they slipped, they slipped away into the darkness. Then they just went to another pub. I'm, uh, it wasn't that complicated, but fuck, it was impressive. One of the great smoke bombs. So, um, so that was the weekend, dude. Let me just fix up the old camera. Um, all right, here we go. What's next? What's next? What's next? That's yep. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Okay. Firstly, I want to get around something. This is uh, my segment, get around them, get around it. I want to talk briefly about Avatar The Last Airbender because it's back on Netflix and I fucking love it. It is the best show in existence and I'm going to tell you why. Now, a lot of people, I've got both my, uh, two of my roommates onto this show already and they didn't watch it as kids, okay? So if you don't know Avatar The Last Airbender, if you don't know what it is, you should probably just walk into the ocean, I think, because your childhood was no good and it's probably too late to bring it back from here. But I will say this, dude, Avatar The Last Airbender is the fucking sickest show. I love it so much. If you don't know, it's about um, Aang, who has to save the world from the Fire Nation. There's the four elements, fire, earth, air, and water. And uh, the Avatar can bend all four. I'm not going to explain it because you should fucking know it. But it's back on Netflix, and it's just like, it just reminded me, I usually rewatch it every year, but I haven't, I didn't rewatch it last year, I don't think. And uh, it just reminded me, dude, this show is so fucking good. It's got everything you could ever want, okay? It's like, like when I was watching it in year nine or whatever, or year eight, uh, like my dad was even into it. Like my dad was even like, this is fucking sick. That's how good this show is. Uh, so I want to just get around this show briefly. Fuck, it is so good. So basically, it's got everything you could ever want, all right? Firstly, this is back when TV shows were actually TV shows. Not, not like... Season one, yeah, it's a it's a four episode series. Okay, that's what we call an afternoon of television. Are you doing a one off afternoon event? Because that's what a four episode season is. None of that shit with Avatar. It's like twenty two episodes, three seasons. Okay, so good. The whole story arc across three seasons is just perfect. Like each um, season ends on a huge episode or two parter, and it's just fucking wild. And then, and then, like, they just nailed it. They just nailed it. So basically, firstly, the base of the show is that there's all these people running around that can throw fucking fire and hurricanes and, like, tsunamis at other people. They've just got these powers. Fuck yeah, dude. That is so cool. And Aang can do it all. So Aang's got to save the, he's got to save the world. So you've already got that save the world. That's, that's a pillar of a great show. You know, when you've got to save the world. That's always high stakes. So you've got high stakes. Now, what? let's raise those stakes even higher. He's trying to save the world with the love of his life, Katara. But that's okay because I bet in, I bet in 
sort of episode three, they get together. Nah. It's freaking 66 episodes of Aang chasing this girl, chasing her heart, desperately trying to open up, but he just can't do it. And even when he does, something goes wrong, and she just sees him as a friend, and then, oh my god, it's just, ah, oh, It's a fucking roller coaster. It's a roller coaster of the heart. And, uh, and then, and then, you know, you've got, you've got the comedic relief in Sarka. He can't bend. He uses a sword. Extremely primitive. But he can't do any bending, but he makes up for it with his witty sarcasm. Okay? So we've got Aang, the all-powerful avatar. We've got Katara, the love of his life. We've got sarcasm. Now, the Fire Nation are trying to take over the world. What? The Fire Nation are trying to take over the whole world. And that, they're kind of a Germany-type setup. Germany, 1940s, and that... Okay, my, my roommate's laughing through the door. Mate, get the fuck out of here. I'm talking about Avatar. Yep, just... Alright. That's actually Brad. I just got him onto Avatar. So that's that's proof. The proof is in the pudding right there. He's absolutely frothing it. So like I was saying, Germ, uh, Fire Nation, that's kind of a Germany-style st- setup in that... The Fire Nation's actually not that big, but they just go... So they're, they're like a small nation, but they go, the whole world? Yeah, we got this. They go, let, let us have a run at the entire planet, okay? Extremely ambitious from the firebenders, okay? But then again, I bet if you could fucking throw a fireball out of your goddamn palm, you'd probably be pretty confident as well, wouldn't you? You know? Imagine some guy tries to fuck with you at a pub, and you just go, I'm just gonna fucking... Unleash a volcano on this cunt in the beer garden. Dude. Yeah. I'd probably be taking over planets as well. Okay? So the Fire Nation's taken over. But but that's okay because why doesn't Aang just take all the time in the world to just become unbelievably powerful and then when he's just unstoppable he can just take on the uh, Fire Lord then. <laughs> Enter the time frame. Okay? Sozin's comet is coming, and when this comet comes, it's like basically like a second sun. The Fire Nation will become unbelievably powerful. They'll just become basically walking volcanoes, okay? And the war will be over at that point. The Fire Nation will be unstoppable. So Aang has literally, I think, a year and a half or something to just become unbeatable and take down a whole nation. What? What? Dude, Jesus, you know? And it's like, well, at least, you know, it's a new war. Maybe Aang can sort of get on top of them early. You know, the whole world's fighting back. No, the war's been going on for 100 years. Aang's been passed out in an iceberg. They're about to win. It's it's the 90th minute. Aang, imagine waking up in the 90th minute of a soccer game. Your team's down 10-0 and they go, Billy, we need some goals, brother. Fuck. Dude, literally. I'm getting stressed out just talking about this. Oh my god, it's such a good show. It's just such a good show. Then he can turn into the Avatar... He turns Avatar state where he's all glowing. Dude, that's sick. That's basically like Nickelodeon Super Saiyan. That's what that shit is. And, uh... Mate, it's just the best show. You know, it's got love. It's got betrayal. It's got good. It's got evil. It's got humor. It's got, you know, great plot. It's got characters turning back and forth. You know, Zuko, the evil prince, is chasing them all over the world. I mean, well, he definitely stays evil the whole time. He definitely stays an enemy. 
Fuck no, he, he turned good. He just turned good, now he's helping the Avatar. Fuck. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Then there's that bitch Azula. Dude, Azula is a cold bitch, you know? I think I think they fucking discovered psychopathic tendencies in her. I think she's the basis of modern psychology because they were like, this bitch is out to lunch, all right? But, you know, you think, oh, it's, you know, she's just another firebender. Nothing Aang can't handle. Wait a minute, she's throwing fucking lightning out of her fingers. What? What? <laughs> Dude. Lightning? I don't even want to... I mean, that's that's enough for me. That is enough for me. And then, um, it, the whole... The way they wrap it up... I mean, I'll spoil it because you should have all watched it by now. I won't spoil it, but... Fuck, it's just the best show ever. It's just the best show ever. You should all get around it. And you know what? It's wholesome as well. So, you know, you, you come off your weekend of being, being... You know, you think, oh, man... You know, you've, you've maybe been been dabbling on sort of the dark side of the force over the weekend. Been, you know, out and about with your mates. Being a bunch of weirdos. Then you go to work all day. You're just grinding out. You're like, I fucking hate this job. You know, so-and-so's a piece of shit. Whatever this, whatever that. You know, you, you got no money. You're like, fuck this. You chuck on a good, wholesome program. Lifts your spirits, you know. Aang loves everyone, you know. Best way to live. And then Uncle Iroh's throwing in his wisdom, you know. He, he's just dropping like freaking, he, he says like three words and you're like, holy shit, I need to reevaluate my whole life. You know, this guy's wise as fuck. So it's, a, it's just such a good show. It's just such a good show and it's wholesome. 25 minute episodes, bang, 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 bang. You're in, you're out. And then in the end, you, by, by the time the show ends, you've just got to text a girl you love her. You just go, you just... Did I watch three episodes the other day? I texted this guy. I said, I know we've been on two dates, but I love you. And that's just how it is. So let's just be together forever, okay? Because I've... Oh, my God. What a show. What a show. It's got literally everything you could ever want. So if you're not already watching Avatar The Last Airbender, watch it. You know, it's going to put some wholesomeness into your summer. It's going to make you feel good. It's going to make you want to hug people. It's going to make you hate evil, but realize that there's good in everyone. And it's going to make you try and throw, freaking do some water bending in the shower. Don't feel ashamed, okay? Don't feel ashamed. We've all done it. We have all done it. But geez, it's good. It's very, very good. Now, I want to talk about a couple of things. I had a send-in. Fuck, fuck. I've got to organize these before I do them. Oh, here we go. What is it? Oh, it's in my Instagram. If anyone wants to send in some topics... Just DM me on Instagram, very happy to do it. If it's not good though, I w I'm obviously not going to do it. And I did have a, I had a few bad ones. I'm not going to talk about like, just weird shit. Like people are like, oh, what do you, th you should do more abortion jokes. No, no, I don't want to do that. What are you talking about? Um, here we go. Uh, this is an article. I should have read this beforehand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So, this has been sent in by Clint. Thank you, Clint. Apologies. I've just scan read the article, but I already knew what he was talking about, kind of. Uh, 
So this is a, this is a cricket thing. Um, so basically, South Australia and Victoria played each other, and there was like 1,300 runs scored. And you know what? Wipe all those runs off the face of the earth. They're coward runs, you know? And South Australia didn't even attempt to win the game. They should be deducted points for that. You know, like at some point, you are basically sort of, you're a, you're an ambassador for the game. And if you're not trying to win, then you're basically, you're proving everyone right that cricket's fucking boring. Okay. You're not even trying. You They turned that game into a glorified net session. Okay. Both teams got like 700. The, the, the junction oval in Victoria. Dude, it's like, can we, I'd rather see a guy get hit in the head and lose all three stumps than see him get 200. And that's just what makes cricket exciting. We need to be turning the hose on these pitches so that literally, and if and that way if someone gets 100, you know it was fucking good, okay? Dude, Nick Madison got a double 100, okay. You know, good on him, but I reckon, you know, if both teams get 700, kind of takes the pain off a bit, if you know what I mean. And this whole thing of like, not even trying to win, that is just the lamest shit ever, you know? Like, as if the Sheffield Shield wasn't getting low enough crowds as is. You know, can you at least put a show on for the seven pensioners and escaped crims that have made their way down to the Junction Oval today? You know, do you have to pay to get into the Sheffield Shield? I fucking hope not, okay? Honestly, I used to go and watch the Sheffield Shield with my dad. It was a great time, you know? You'd see you'd see like Steve Waugh and Brett Lee play. It was fucking great. But you know, if you're not even trying to win the game, you should be penalized points, honestly. And... Do you need more than 500 runs ever? If you can't win with 500 runs, you don't deserve to win, okay? So, Clint, I would say to this, they need to fix up these pitches. I mean, no one wants to see just a a batting fiesta, okay? We want to see people get bruised, ideally, in the rib or head region, as long as they stay safe. But people want excitement. It's not just cricket. It's comedy as well. It's fucking everything. It's, you know, it's rugby league. It's bloody, you know, the theatre. If you go down and see a musical, you want to see them really put their own spin on it and go for it. So it's absolutely disgraceful that South Australia didn't try to win this game. They should be, I think, deducted points. And also, um, you basically, do you know what? You're just turning kids away from the game at that point. Because they're just going like, oh, who, who gives a shit? That, that's just like... You're ruining it for everyone, you know? And also, I would assume you want to attract more people to actually come and watch you play in the Sheffield Shield. This is just turned everyone off the Sheffield Shield till at least Christmas. Everyone's gone, oh, is that what they're doing this year? Right, okay. And then when it comes to select the test players, it's like, oh, sweet. So we got we got seven different blokes who have scored like 400s this year already because the pitches are for absolute cowards, you know? Because they've been playing on the M7. You know, so let's beef up the pitches a little bit. Let's make it actually hard and let's make it a contest where people actually win or lose. Otherwise, you may as well just get your freaking, your weird brothers and play in your backyard for all I care, all right? So that's what I think about that, Clint. And I will say this, one more thing. Uh, this is maybe a bit harsh. Is it harsh? I don't know. So I saw this guy, as we all know, I despise life coaches because... You think you're so good at life, you're holding lessons? Are you holding lessons, you know? My, we we met a life coach, this girl, the other week, and she got, she got so drunk she had to be carried out of the place. 
You're holding lessons on that? Freaking, I don't even remember what her name was, but it's like, I don't know. There, there needs to be some sort of a bar, some sort of a certificate, you know? And it's, I think because I rip on life coaches so much that I get all the targeted ads on Facebook. I fucking hate it. But anyway, I saw this guy and he's all about the, um, this guy's pretty funny. And this might come across as slightly harsh, but fuck it, whatever, we'll go in. Catch me caring. So this guy, he's all about the law of attraction, right? That's what, you know, whatever you think you can attract. He goes, I've mastered the law of attraction. You know, he's given seminars. He's got a website, a big Instagram page. You know, he's Mr. Spiritual, reckons he can just manifest anything into his life, okay? Just, he goes, he goes, whatever I want in life, you know, I can manifest it. This world is, you know, it's a, it's a playground out there. You've got to go out and enjoy it. Okay, okay. A lot of people around him, you know, I read some of his articles. They seem like pretty interesting stuff. So, I was reading, I was on his Instagram, whatever. Now, this guy says you can manifest whatever you want into your life. You know, whether it be a part of a beautiful, a beautiful partner, you know, money, uh, you know, holidays, possessions, happiness, friends, whatever you want. Okay. That's his claim to fame. I go on his Instagram and his wife is ugly. And I just thought if I could manifest anything in this world into my possession, I mean, wouldn't you manifest a slightly more attractive partner? You know, if you're basically working in the dream factory, wouldn't you manifest someone who looked a little bit more like some, you know, a Miranda Kerr type figure rather than, you know, a gentleman's five out of 10 who works in accounts? You know, so I just thought that was a bit of a flaw in his, in his little plan there. You know, it's like he's taking photos with Ferraris, this sort of thing, but it's like, uh, I, I don't know. And you know what? A lot of people would say, hey, Bill, I bet they have a really great connection and she's the love of his life. It's not all about looks. And you'd be right. You would be right. I, th- I agree with that, to be honest. I do agree with that. But I think if you want to sell some tickets to the seminars, maybe just... Yep, this is coming across as really harsh. Okay. I knew it would, but I thought maybe it could be funny. But I just think if you're selling dreams, you maybe want to get maybe... Get a supermodel in there next year just for the posters, okay? Just for the posters, you know, still live with your wife. Even if she's extremely unattractive, I think if you're selling dreams, you got to maybe just do it up a little bit more on the Instagram, okay? So I saw that and maybe that was brave. Maybe that guy's just fucking, that's how good he is. He goes, yeah, this is my wife. And, you know, and maybe it's a bit more authentic. I'm coming around. I'm coming around. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, but uh, I saw this the other day. It really creeped me out. I met this bloke. He's 40 years old, right? This bloke. Probably the best looking bloke. This is the other end of the spectrum, right? Best looking bloke I think I've ever seen. The guy's shredded. Um, just like really nice guy as well. Just shredded. Absolute 10. Best looking bloke I've ever seen. I'm chatting to him. Really awesome guy. And, he, and I go, oh, you married, mate? And he goes, uh, nah, nah, never had a wife. Never really had a girlfriend for more than a year. I go, right, okay. And I think... <laughs> This guy must be some sort of a absolute psychopath behind closed doors because to be this good looking and not be able to lock someone down, oh my God, he must be like freaking stuffing live sheep in his basement or some shit. The demons behind this guy's beautiful blue eyes would fucking, I shudder to think at what was happening in this guy's life. He was so good looking. It was unbelievable. I thought, and he was like, he was like, and, and he was like, yeah, no, I'd really love to meet someone special, but I just haven't been able to. And I thought, oh, 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 do not add me on Facebook, you fucking Ted Bundy, 
in the making type type figure. I tell you what, this guy must he must have at least seventeen bodies composting in his backyard. I reckon. Jesus Christ, you know. So that guy scared the shit out of me, and he was kind of the opposite end of the, ske- in the of the spectrum, you know. So, I think if someone's that good looking and they haven't been able to find someone, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I've never had anyone for more than six months," I tell you what, all that's saying to me is that bloke can keep the crazy bottled up for six months, and then he's probably, you know, he's probably these got these great girls. And one night at dinner, he's just like, "Oh yeah, so uh, how funny is it when you just go uh, go out in the bush and just hack a few kangaroos' heads off?" You know, I, I, I especially love beating up the Joeys. And this girl's just like, okay, okay, Ted. Okay, Ted, that's enough. That's enough. So that guy freaked, that guy really freaked the shit out of me. And was I probably just judging him based on a 10 minute conversation? Yeah. Was I wrong about that life coach's wife? I was. But I really just, you know, you know, this podcast, it's okay to be wrong on this pod, I think. I mean, we were all here when I predicted Labour would win the election in a landslide. We were all here for that. Uh, we were all here for the 23 Pelican of the Weeks I've given myself. That's basically mistakes on mistakes on mistakes. And uh, so I was, you know, my last two little points there, I was aggressively wrong. But, hey, you can, that's what the pod's about, baby. It's about airing out thoughts. Be just being unedited, and it's about you desperately trying to catch me caring. And you won't catch me caring on this one. It's episode 55. I've remembered what number it is, and I'm finishing with confidence. So thanks for listening. Um, and if yeah, if there's one takeaway from this episode, it's go out there and watch Avatar The Last Airbender. It's it's go and donate some blood. Then when you come home a little lightheaded, don't don't jump into a session. You you chuck on Avatar episode one. You get yourself to Uber Eats and you have an absolute time. Okay? That's the takeaway from this episode. So fucking enjoy yourselves out there, team. And we can take down the Fire Nation if we do it together. All right? <laughs> Fuck yeah. So, uh, and also, the podcast has been growing a bit lately. So I'd just like to thank everyone for listening. And uh, if you do enjoy the pod, spread it around. Tell your friends. Share a clip on Facebook. All that sort of stuff helps a lot. Um, but it has been growing a bit lately. And um, I really appreciate it. And... There will be more. I'm working incessantly on this fucking uh, second hour show. So get around me next year, but keep getting around the pod. Thanks so much to everyone. And oh, also a little plug at the end. I knew I had something to plug. I was featured in a little feature film the other day. Uh, not a feature film, a short film, I should say. But um, this was, uh, it's called The Second Coming, I believe. Let me just triple check that. Yeah, it's called The Second Coming. Um, it's a film uh, on Vimeo. So if you type in The Second Coming, it's all about um, if Jesus came back to Earth and did stand-up. And basically, Jesus does stand-up and starts bombing. And um, it, it all spirals out from there. And I'm actually in it a, a couple of clips. And it's it's like me doing my podcast, talking about Jesus. You should check it out. It's pretty. It's a really. It's only like seven minutes. It's a great little short film. Yours truly features in it a couple of times. So it's called The Second Coming on Vimeo. So get around that. And uh, thanks for listening and tell your fucking friends. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone, way too gone. Because these people got me fucked up. Yeah, they got me way too wrong, way too wrong. Now my mind's telling me, don't you wait too long, wait too long. Oh, I, oh, I, oh.